Welcome to the First Time Facilitator Podcast. Whether you're a first-time facilitator or a seasoned pro, listen in for tips and tricks to make a bigger impact at the next workshop you deliver. And now, your host, Leanne Hughes. Hello and welcome to the First Time Facilitator Podcast. I'm your host, Leanne Hughes, and I'm here to help you design fast, deliver strong, without stress. I'm doing another episode where I'm just sitting on the couch and riffing on a topic that is really on my mind at the moment. And I like doing these sort of work in public episodes where it's fresh. I'm sharing with you what like, generally what I'm thinking right now. Um, and I thought this, today was a really exciting opportunity to do that because I'm heading off to a conference in Hobart. It's called How to Create a World-Class Speaking Business. So I thought I'd just share a bit about like pre-conference intentions. And again, this is coming from a participant perspective, but I think it also helps you if you're facilitating retreats or conferences or any type of offsite, what a participant thinks about. And um, I really have to give kudos to Andrew Griffiths and Keith Abraham and their support team who have just really done a spectacular job in terms of all the hype before the conference, but also setting the right expectations. So, I'll share a bit about what they're doing and how that has just really helped create well I think it's going to be an amazing experience so we'll talk about that first of all I just want to share a few things um, about the book behind the book what's going on so the book was like unofficially released on the 27th of June this year so it's been out just over a month now and the response has been like I am blown away by the response and I I, I kind of go on about that but even when like uh, first of all if you've posted the book if you've shared it if you've bought it if you've commented if you've had any part to do with it you've been part of the workshop wingmates and the, thank you so much for doing that the surprise has been when people have posted the book on linkedin like or social media like the second or third degree networks of people have like just said oh i want to buy the book so something about i think the title and the cover is resonating with people but also i think the social proof right when you trust someone that's posting your product or posting about your service it really has a, a huge impact um, on their buying decision as well. So thank you for sharing the love. This week I had my first three-star review. So uh, that was interesting in terms of – I didn't get any feedback on that. But what's interesting about that is a book is – it's a book. So it's not like I can change anything. And not that I would anyway. Uh, there's probably a few things I'd kind of highlight. So I was going through creating the audible version. I was rereading some things and going, oh, I don't know if I – would say it in that way in terms of like sentence structure as opposed to content. The content I think is, yeah, hand on heart, I would I would go with that uh, still. Maybe in six months or a year, I might change my mind on certain things. What I'm trying to say is once you've had a book and it's out there, you can't really change it. Whereas with workshops, when you get feedback, it's constantly like a continual continuous improvement process, particularly if you're kind of delivering the same thing. And every workshop is a real opportunity for you to really get feedback on and pay attention to what's resonating, what are people um, asking you more questions about. And that's something I talk about in the keep stage of that Spark framework in the book. So S is for setup, P is for power up, A is for activities, R is for review, and K is for keep. And the keep part is something... I probably, my weakest point is that, you know, you finish a workshop and it's like, okay, done, now move on. But it's like, there's so much value and just you personally like reflecting on what actually worked in that session. Anyway, I got off track there. <laughs> so talking about the book, yeah, the Audible version should be out within the month. So if you're on my newsletter, uh, you'll get notified on that. I'm also opening the community for the four-week workshop sprint that officially opens um, and kicks off next week. The community opens, if you're listening right now, on the 7th of August, 2023. And what's interesting about... Um, 
with Amazon and the stats that you get from book releases, I can see which marketplaces are the most popular. And like over 70% of the books sold are in the USA. I, I, I will be going there later this year. I've had a couple of clients reach out about doing some two-hour workshops in person as well as some multi-day events uh, all about uh, first-time facilitator workshops, train the trainer, but also two-hour workshops, like really making that a fun theme that comes to life. So if you are in the US, if you would like a session – uh, while I'm over there, I'm thinking mid to late October, early November, please reach out. Hello at leannehughes.com. I'm currently mapping the itinerary. I think I'm going to start on the East Coast because that's where the gigs are and then end, maybe sneak in a, a workshop with Alan Weiss. If he's, I think he's presenting in San Diego uh, in mid-November. So, and there might be like a Formula One in there somewhere. We'll see. But that's what I'm sort of planning um, at this stage. So, while I'm mapping that out, please reach out. I've had a few ATD member associations reach out about speaking. Um, so, we're doing events where we're handing out books and things like that. So, yeah, get in touch. Okay. So, the focus of this episode is really around um, me as a participant leading into a conference. Today is Sunday and I fly out to Tasmania. So, the event's being held in Tasmania. If you don't know Australia, I've actually never been to Tasmania. It's one of the only states in Australia I haven't been to. So I'm very excited about that. And that's another thing. I mean, I mean something I talk about in the book is begin with the experience in mind. Not with the end in mind, begin with the experience in mind. And that's what Andrew and Keith have done superbly with this. One is a Hobart is like another character in this conference, right? The actual location of where you're hosting it. And it was appealing to me, even though it's winter right now, it's kind of like freezing weather down there. I'm really anti uh, anti-winter if, if you know, don't know already. Um, but something about Hobart, which is the location, which actually had a huge part of me wanting to go down there. It's like, oh, it'd be nice to get away. It's a cosy place. Everyone tells me to get to Hobart. The food's really great there. The coffee scene's amazing. I always love to look for new locations to run. So just thinking about that, beginning the experience in mind is, okay, it's in Hobart. Um, so my question for you is if you're hosting a retreat or a conference, really consider that where you're hosting it is actually a really important factor as well. I was working with a client and they mentioned that one of their key strategic factors was actually opening up operations in Western Australia on the other side of Australia. And so if they're looking at strategy formulation, why not host it in Perth? Why not host it in Western Australia where you want to be? So actually leading with the vision of what you want to create and how can you design your experience based on that? Now, this also links into the conference because what I also love that came out in the pre-communications was what to, you know, what to pack, but what to wear during the event. Now, this event is all about how to be a world-class speaker. And I really did laugh when uh, I think Andrew in his uh, email said, unless you're a tech billionaire, world-class speakers should be the best dressed in the room. And so, what he's encouraging all of us to do is to dress for every day of this four-day event as if we are world-class speakers. Isn't that awesome? Like, I just think that is just so nailing the brief. <laughs> it's like, at first I was thinking, oh, like it's so much easier just to like rock up in jeans and like casual canvas shoes and you know, just enjoy it. But you think a lot of this is actually the mindset of who you want to become. So when it comes back to you working with your clients, who do they want to be? Who do they want to become? And how can you shift your event to start putting someone in that place? Like often the feedback when I was doing my marathon training, again, when I got sent the marathon program, it's like, if you want to be a runner, like just run, that's it. It 
it's I think we get confused with like oh I need to do weight training I need to do all this like other stuff but it's like actually to be a runner you just need to run and I think we try to we kind of overcomplicate things in our lives I, I, I really do think there's some power in that on the topic of world-class speaker um, this week I had an opportunity where I was running two masterclasses for a global oil and gas client so the first one was on Wednesday afternoon and then I ran another one on Thursday that kicked off at 11.30 p.m. and it finished up around 1 a.m. but I was buzzing so much after that I didn't really sleep till like two o'clock in the morning um, so I'm kind of still recovering from that what was interesting though is I didn't take my own advice and I I'm lucky that my client was brave enough to call that out for me. Sorry, something I talk about in the workshop blueprint in the book is less content and like gift wrapping your content using a framework so that it's memorable for your group. And it's funny, like I am a bit of a rebel sometimes, not like a rule breaker, but I like kind of pushing things and just testing things. I kind of often joke that I'm uncoachable and it seems like I'm uncoachable <laughs> even for my own framework. And as I was um, mapping out this masterclass, I was I had all these ideas and I thought, oh gosh, all of these are so useful. If I can just sneak them in like here and like, give people a quick win. And it honestly, like it, it became a little bit too jumpy. After that first session, um, yeah, I had feedback that, look, the content was fantastic. The engagement was amazing. Let's just simplify it. And I really appreciate that call out because the second one was phenomenal. And I think it's something that I, I mean, this topic, it was called the trust trap. What I talk about is it's not even about trust, that's a trap. It's about giving unconditional confidence. Really based on the teachings of Alfred Alder in his book, The Courage to be Disliked. Um, I really think there's a lot in that. I think as facilitators, we inherently do that. When I think about my background as a first-time facilitator, I didn't really give confidence to the group. That's why my run sheet had timings like this minute do this, this minute to do that. There was no space for contribution from the group because I didn't have confidence that the group would contribute. And this played out in that first masterclass that I shared this week where I broke my own rule. It's like I had everything. It was like all this information and we were getting amazing responses like that were coming through chat that I could have riffed off and really brought in and had like more space to really respond to that rather than just like calling out a few comments and moving back onto my content. And so back to this point of being a world-class speaker, I think um, – I get really uncomfortable with just being a keynote speaker and going up there and it being like, not a lecture, but just it's a monologue. I'm really uncomfortable with that. I think it's because of my background in you know groups and getting conversations moving, but also maybe, um, and I don't know about you if you're listening to this, but you know, I've been to events where I'm like, I'm just so ready to turn to the person next to me and just share something or I've got an idea I want to, you know, just I really want to contribute to this. And I talk about this in the book. It's like, we don't need necessarily more information. It's more about... What are some thoughts that you can provoke and how someone in their day-to-day life, how they connect to that? What does it mean for them? From time to time in Brisbane, I'll host like business breakfasts and just invite a range of people from different industries. Some are clients, some aren't. Some people I've spoken to, some people I just want to reconnect with because it's been some time. I try to mix up the groups and I'm really keen to do this every quarter. Next quarter, um, just got to lock in the US tour dates before I confirm that breakfast. And it's typically like CEOs, founders, and we have these discussions. And all I did for that was, again, the same thing, like three prompts, a conversation, three provocative ideas, and then just open up the conversation and see what's resonating with people. And the value always is that people are connecting and going, oh, wow, I didn't realize that other people had this challenge or they might get an idea from someone else in the room that's actually trying things a little bit differently and that's how they're incorporating it. And there's extreme value from that. 
So, yeah, I don't know if it's me being uncomfortable with like being the expert, but now like it was what was interesting is I simplified it for that second session, which was at 11.30 p.m. So you think, oh, I probably wouldn't have performed as well. I just felt so centered and present and there was more time for me to, to comment and respond. We had people coming off mute uh, from Texas, from Chile, and it was just phenomenal hearing what they had to say. So, yeah, just being like comfortable to have confidence in people that are sharing, that are asking questions. Um, is, is a really important thing. On that note, so I guess you could call me a world-class speaker, well, a global speaker. <laughs> I don't know. World-class? What is a world-class speaker? So there's a few, I guess, questions going into this. And usually, like, I don't really set intentions. So I guess the question is, like, what is a world-class speaker? Is it about the delivery of the speech or is it the way that you're packaged? And, or like what Andrew talks about, it's how you show up, what you wear, how you present. What does it take to be a world-class speaker? That's a question I have. In terms of other intentions for this conference, so here's some things they've done really well. I think they have a really great title for this workshop and it's what I talk about in the book. And it's an aspiration. It's a result. It's not a, they weren't saying, oh, are you frustrated with the lack of bookings or whatever? They were like, do you want to be a world-class speaker? It's like, and it's aspirational. It's like, yeah, I want to be world-class. So, I mean, tick for that. The other thing they did was, um, I think it's a small group, so that gives us more time to actually work through things. It's over four days. I think that was a bit of a risk for them to take four days, but then you think the amount of time we'll actually get to do things as opposed to hearing things and having to do it later. Again, something I mentioned in the book is it's a workshop, not a do it later shop. It's like do the work in the workshop. (laughs) And I'm sure there's going to be a lot of work for me to do afterwards, and I'm sure my thinking will be challenged. Um, But the fact that they, we've actually got some time and it's generous time to learn a few things and also think about how we're going to do that for our business, I think is really, really valuable. The other thing I did is I opened up a Facebook group and that's been great. And they've been very good with like sort of drip feeding information about Hobart, about the location, about the timings of the day, getting everyone to introduce themselves and we're seeing a very unique group, um, people from all different career backgrounds, ages, speaking experience which is awesome. I, you know, really excited to learn from a lot of other people um, and just enjoying the chat and seeing what's happening. The questions people are asking, I find fascinating. I haven't been too active. I've just been more like, but I appreciate it. Like I've been sort of liking things and I've got a, a really high level of certainty based around this. I'm not feeling any nerves at all. I, what I'm sensing from this crew is that it's, you know, they're, they're, over, they're all over it. And that's all you want to know as someone entering a conference or event is like, okay, I feel safe here because I know what I need to know. Andrew released a like I think it was like eight tips before coming to the conference and one of the tips was hey just be okay that things will go wrong like the coffee might be cold one day there might not be any milk um the air conditioning might be too cold it's like it's not a big deal these things happen and I really like that call out like I said before there were eight different things that he called out one was like going in with an open mindset and it's so true like I think we all you know even my thinking around what is a world-class speaking business like I'm willing for that to be challenged like the amount of work that I need to do what does that mean I don't know in terms of what I want to take away from it I've been thinking about that I think it's really related to like I just want to find out like really build awareness of what I don't know you know that whole like the ladder of learning I feel like there's some areas where like I don't know what I don't even know and also what am I doing now that's maybe not serving me? What opportunities am I missing? Like what FOMO am I getting from my own business in terms of not doing certain things? I'm just curious around what Andrew and Keith have done to succeed the way that they have. What can I take away from that and pull into my own business? I know there's things like collateral. So my gosh, they value stacked the front end already. And I'm not 
doing this episode to promote them at all. Like I'm just literally sharing what's going on and their process beforehand has been amazing. So it's worth calling that out. But Andrew sent through like four different pieces of collateral that he sends out to prospective clients. And it's just really cool to go behind the scenes and and seeing that being shared so transparently. I think a lot of us are really curious around what do people do behind their business. So it's really like kind of like speaking reality TV for the week. Plus, of course, the the other people there, like meeting them, finding out what they do, learning from them as well, I think will be great. Plus, I'm really excited to check out Hobart as well. Like I said, it's like the other character um, in this workshop. I'd love to hear like, what do you do before conferences when you're traveling to to plan? One thing I do is I check what time sunrise is because that really impacts my running. And like, I think it's like 7.15 in the morning. So I'm going to be like, and then the workshop starts at 8.30. Uh, so it's like, do I go to the gym? I go onto Google and I ask for like um, five kilometer running paths around the radius of where I'm staying. Oh, yeah, the other thing, my really good friend, Joe Alilovich. Hi, Joe, if you're listening. <laughs> she, when we both booked like really early on, um, early this year, and she was like, oh, we should stay in an Airbnb. And I looked, took a look, look at the weather. I'm like, I just, I cannot think about even commuting from like a lovely Airbnb. I'm sure it'd be like a beautiful walk to the hotel, but in that walk, I'd have to rug up, not interested. Like, I, I, <laughs> I'm happy to go outside and go running. And, you know, try to work up a sweat, but like having to commute to the hotel, like I'd rather just stay in the hotel. So I made that decision very quickly. And I think it kind of reflects, uh, I guess, values. Someone in the group has shared that they're staring in this beautiful um, historical place. But for me, I'm like, I'm just all about kind of efficiency. And I'm, I'm very self-aware that, yeah, I don't want to have to like rug up and then, you know, I, really it's going to be bliss. Like waking up, going for a run, getting a coffee out, having a shower then like rolling on down to the conference room and if I need to in between like breaks like dashing up to do something that's you know I've got that luxury and that's such that's just my um philosophy on that I know and I totally understand why other people would want to book venues outside of that but for me so yes I'm all about convenience there and uh, unashamedly so to be honest in the lead up to this conference um I've been reading uh, a book it's called The Referable Speaker by Michael Port and I shout out to Julian Mather who recommended that book really like that book because I don't know if you're like me and the reason I wrote the two-hour workshop blueprint is because I constantly like like delivering new content and you don't kind of get bored but the referable speaker actually says the opposite and it says you shouldn't do that particularly if you're looking at keynote speaking and so what I like about the referable speaker is it talks about creating like one killer keynote speech with like which has a signature thing that you do it could be like a dance or a rap or I mean those are kind of cheesy I don't know if I see myself doing either of those things it could be something else um, but a signature part in that you just spend rather than c- creating content, you spend months getting your speech like and blocking it like you would uh, like a, um, a stage production and really practicing it. And it makes a good argu- argument. I mean, even when I reflect on this week in the masterclass I did, the second one was like phenomenally better than the first. And you think, well, what would the third or the fourth or the fifth look like? If I could really nail these stories, the reactions, the pauses at the right time, the body language – that's been something that's challenged my own mindset and actually saying that clients like the dependency of having a solid keynote and you want your keynote to be something where rather than you give people like how to do things, you want to challenge them on how they think, how to think about something as opposed to being really pragmatic. 
you can dip into how to do things, but I think it really has to kick off from a reframe, a radical reframe. And I kind of incorporated that this week where um, the reframe was, okay, let's not talk about trust anymore. Let's talk about confidence in other people, unconditional confidence. That is a radical reframe. Like can you imagine working for a global company where everyone has unconditional confidence in each other? What would happen as a result? So I've got people sort of switching their mindset and thinking like, oh, this is interesting because I think if I was just to talk about trust and how to build it, we all know what that looks like, you know, be responsive and show up. And it's like, but when you have unconditional confidence, it's, it gives you something else to really think about. So that's a book I recommend, The Referrable Speaker, if you're into this, if you're into like just sharing your expertise, not only in workshops, but keynote speaking as well. This episode has been inspired by Jenny Blake. She did a, like, a conference episode all around her TED conference and attending that. And I think every day she recorded a quick audio before she went. So I'd love to do that. Like, let, I mean, I'm making that public declaration now I'd love to just record like a five minute audio piece before every day or at the end of the day just to reflect on the conference and how it's been going my energy levels what I'm learning so I'll do that and if you've got any sort of pre-conference strategies what you do right now I'm going to jump off this recording and then I'm going to start packing picking like my (laughs) my outfits for the week including like active wear and also thermal wear because it's really cold um And thank you so much for listening to this. It's really been, again, another solo riff just on what's on my mind, just sharing openly. And of course, if you want to review the book on Amazon and let me know that you have done that, I'll invite you to two complimentary webinars that are coming up uh, in mid-August just to celebrate and say thank you for reviewing the book too. Okay, I hope that helps. Again, see you either in the flip chart connect with me on LinkedIn. And if you are in the US and want a two-hour workshop on how to run a two-hour workshop or something along those lines, uh, please reach out and let me know. All right. Have an awesome week. Thanks. Bye.